Hello and welcome to the Adult Children's Voices Across America Speakers Meeting. If you would like to attend this meeting live, go to adultchildren.org and click on Online Meetings, and then scroll down to find Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. I'd like to welcome our speaker, Jim Boca from Raton, Florida. Yes, hi, Julie, and hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jim. I'm an adult child, and it's such a pleasure to see smiling faces. I know a few of them, so I'm, uh, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm really feeling the love the love that ACA, you know, provides, um, you know, un unconditional love and, and support. And my favorite expression is it's okay. And it's, it, it's okay today. It's okay for me to be here today. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous and anxious this week because I'm, uh, I'm in Orlando, Florida right now. And you can see some of the, this is the meditation room and uh, at my girlfriend's house in Orlando. And I'm on my way to San Francisco this Saturday. So I had a lot of stuff I plan to do uh, to get done before my trip, and a lot of it is not done. And I'm so grateful I have a loving parent in my life today to say it's okay. And, um, you know, I told a few people, well, it's going to be done next week. <laughs> it's not going to be done this week anymore. It's going to be done next week. And, you know, it's no one, you know, no one shot me. No, you know, you know it, it was always myself that was, you know, it's the hardest on myself. So I'm able to cut myself a break today and Grateful I've got loving, uh, you know, lo loving people in my life also. Um, uh, so my uh, journey in the in the, uh, in ACA, I came into ACA in uh, 2012, and I was uh, been a, a member in uh, the in the beverage club for about 24 years uh, uh, before that, and I was uh, invited to a um, uh, to a, a convention. There. Uh, AA convention, and it turned out uh, that there was also uh, ACA and Al-Anon there, and hearing the laundry list read was just uh, amazing, and I, you know, went there not knowing anything about ACA, and that's all I went to were ACA meetings that whole, whole time, and um, I, I was so uh, captured with it that, you know, I uh, at the break, I was asking someone to be my sponsor, you know, and I hadn't, didn't know anything about the program. And it was just, you know, that hunger was, um, yeah, the, the hung, hunger was so strong and that, uh, uh, you know, the, the desire for the, for the healing and, and the uh, connection that was there. Um, and I've, uh, you know, been, you know, so I've, I've been, it was in 12-step program for, uh, for, you know, for, for a while. But grateful to you know be able to get that you know the healing which you know which I find in ACA and able to uh, go go uh, somewhat uh, somewhat deeper. So uh, anyway, we'll get back to that. So I want to talk a little bit about my childhood, and it's very hard because my childhood is mostly a blackout. So I think uh, there was either some trauma or or. or or whatever it is, and so doing speaking here tonight has helped me because I was forced to you know, look at it, at things again and write some stuff down and um, I find it helpful. So uh, anyway, I, I was uh, the second son born into a family that lived in Brooklyn, New York. So Brooklyn, New York, there's like people everywhere and crowds and my, we had aunts and uncles and it was just like a mess of people. And uh, shortly after I was born, we moved out to Hicksville, Long Island. And that is in New York. So people don't believe that Hicksville is in New York, but it is. And um, 
that itself was a traumatic experience for, for my family. You know, my we were used to having people all over the place and support with, you know, with the family. And my mother be- became a housewife in the suburbs and my father went to work on the train. My mother was like, you know, trapped in this house and, uh, um, you know, didn't, didn't know what to do with herself. So I, I can imagine how, uh, how, she, how she felt with two, two babies uh, in the suburbs. And, um, and you know, the next uh, traumatic thing was, uh, you know, was I, I call a perfect storm uh, where my, uh, you know, that's part of it. And then my, um, my uncle, my mother's brother, had come back from Vietnam and, uh, you know, uh, had, had a drug problem and uh, overdosed and, uh, and died. So it was very, you know, traumatic for, you know, for my mother and, you know, my, uh, you know, my, my grandparents. And this caused a big problem in the family because my, you know, my father was going off to work and my mother was home alone. And um, she, she wound up getting, uh, you know, comfort from, from a, another man. And that caused my parents to get divorced and my, you know, my mother to uh, get, uh, get remarried. And, um, you know, so being, you know, being, you know, you know, being young and in, in this environment, there was all this chaos going around. And I don't think there, there was a lot of, uh, attention for me. Um, my, my mother used to tell the story about how, how needy my, my, my brother was and, and me, she could give a spoon and put me in the corner and I'd be fine for hours. And I used to hear this story and be like, oh, you know, you know, that's, that's so nice. And, you know, like I'm, you know, supposed to be proud of that. And then I come into ACA and I'm like, oh my God, that's abandonment. You know, I mean, I, I read in the book how just not having physical touch is traumatic for, you know, for uh, babies and children. And, um, you know, I was supposed to, you know, I, I, all I needed was a spoon and it just, you know, Horrify, horrifies me today to you know to you know to remember that's what you know I I got back then. Um, luckily, I do have some good memories of Hicksville. I remember uh, you know playing with silly putty and play doh and stuff, and uh, I took a piece of string and fr- froze some play doh to something, and I made the Batman boomerang. You know, so I'm throwing this thing around the house, and uh, um, the other one was. Uh, watching Bozo the Clown on TV and eating my favorite food, a bacon lettuce tomato sandwich. So, uh, and the other thing was cool. There was something where, where, where you could write on the TV. So take like a piece of plastic and uh, write on the screen on the TV. And uh, that, you know, that was still a, a, a good memory. I don't remember uh, writing on the TV and get, you know, you know, getting punished or anything, but the, you know, difficult memory for that, you know, was I don't know, I'm not sure if I said this before was was when so when my mother was with this other man I I I had this feeling like I, I walked in on them you know so I walked in on my mother I went to go to see my mother in her bedroom and there was this other man there and it's just that feeling like oh, I did something wrong just by being there you know and I felt that uh, you know that uncomfortability and, and, and shame like I knew something was wrong but it wasn't me. I wasn't doing anything wrong, you know, but I, I still have that feeling. And, that, and that's the kind of stuff that, that I learned that I picked up other people's shame. You know, they were embarrassed and they were shamed, but that's something, you know, it's a feeling that I picked up. Um, and the, uh, you know, so then I, I said, I was, I had this new man, this new father there and, and he was a uh, disciplinarian. 
So I can remember my brother wearing a dunce hat, you know, in the corner. And I don't remember much happening to me, but I had that, you know, feeling of, you know, sadness or, or whatnot for, for my brother. Um, we uh, uh, wound up moving. The, my mother was being into horses, and that's how she connected with her second husband was because he was in the horse field. And uh, we moved further out on the suburbs to have more property and to have horses. And um, so we, we moved and um, my uh, sister was born shortly thereafter. And, um, you know, I remember uh, there, there was, it was a lot of activity, a lot of people. And we had this one party and uh, the ice cream man, uh, we bought out his whole truck. So it was like, it had all these people and we just like bought, bought all this ice cream. And I'm telling you, it must've been for 10 years after that, this ice cream man, whenever he came by, he would stop in front of my house and just ring that bell, hoping he, he you know, we'd clear out his truck again. Uh, but uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately, because my um, mother's second husband had a heart attack and passed away when my sister was like, you know, less than a year old. And um, you know, th this is when I'm, you know, when, when I used to tell the story, I, I would say, you know, and then it got worse, you know, and then it got worse. Um, and that's, you know, that's how, that's how it was. And, um, so my, you know, my mother was, uh, you know, 25 years old, uh, what is it, divorced, widowed with three kids at, at 25 and, you know, and not a skill to earn, earn any money. Uh, so she did what she had to do to survive. And that was, you know, to get another man. So she got, you know, got a guy at the pool in uh, Florida when she was, you know, visiting her parents, uh, uh, gr grieving her second husband dying. She got husband number three and he, he was, uh, you know, he was, well, he, he brought uh, more alcohol abuse and uh, drug abuse into the family and, and, and a lot of violence. So now, now I saw violence and it's just that feeling that it was, it was not safe. It was not safe for me to be in that house. It wasn't safe for my mother to be in that house. It wasn't really safe for anyone to be in that house. Um, and, um, you know, they, they wound up getting divorced, but this, you know, th this is the stuff that is so hard for me to connect with the feelings because it's so traumatic. And like when I did my fourth step and there's just so much blocked out, you know, so much blocked out. And I, you know, continue to try, you know, try to do some, you know, some of that, some of this work to, uh, uncover more of these feelings, um, and I mean, I'll, I'll touch touch on that a, a little later. Um, like I said, it, it got worse because my mother got divorced. Num number three and, and number four man who moved in was even worse. So he was an alcoholic and a dry dry alcoholic, going between a wet alcoholic and a dry alcoholic. And, and I think a dry alcoholic who doesn't have recovery is even worse. You know, so there was the uh, sarcasm and manipulation. And all, all of that, uh, you know, treating, yeah, just treating people. And like, you, you, you didn't know, you know, it, it wasn't genuine. You didn't know what to expect. You couldn't, you didn't know what to trust. And, there, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of critical talk, a lot of putting down, a lot of, uh, a lot of critical talk. Um, uh, oh, okay. Yes, I forgot. So another uh Critic, uh, kind of traumatic thing that happened happened for for me was when I was young, probably two. I had a, I have a lazy right eye, so I had surgery to correct the eye. So I had to go to the hospital and everything. And what's weird is like I talked to my to my family and I'm like, you know, try to get details. You know, when when did this happen? Why did it happen? 
you know, who went to the hospital, what happened, and they don't remember anything, you know, so it's like my, my parents were in a blackout also, you know, they weren't present and aware of what was happening while it was happening, um, and the, you know, the eye thing is a huge part of, uh, of, uh, of my trauma, because can you imagine having a bad eye that you can't see out of, they do surgery on it to try to fix it, so they cover your good eye, and say, go out now and, and you know, try to try, try to, you know, work in the world and get your, your bad eyes stronger. And you know how uh, how kids are. So, I, you know, I, I was tortured and, you know, P- Perry the Pirate and all, all this other stuff. But I just couldn't see. And just that that feeling, you know, if I cover my good eye today, I just get this feeling of, you know, of, of uh, you know, I'm not safe. And I, you know, I feel the world crushing in. So, uh, so anyhow, as I said, my uh, mother uh, uh, had number uh, guy number four come in, and because um, it, it that was you know that was the real rough stretch. He he lasted the longest and did did the most damage, uh, did the most damage in the family. I mean, there's you know there's things things that happened that I'm not comfortable uh, talking about, but you know the uh, trauma was you know was real. And, um, you know, family is, you know, still, still dealing, uh, yeah, still dealing with a a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of those consequences. Um, uh, The, um, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, it was difficult. Um, so anyway, you can imagine me in a situation, and um, uh, I, I was a sitting duck for uh, alcohol and drugs. So I was in a lot of pain. I was in a lot of pain. I was scared. Uh, I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to connect with people. So when uh, alcohol and uh, uh, drugs were were, were available, uh, I latched onto it. But uh, the Ironic thing was was that I had my, my older brother was uh, in trouble a lot, so he was get he he got my the you know the thing is my my brother got expelled from elementary school and I was the good kid right so I was the good kid, but no one was paying attention to me right so I was just lost I, I was the typical uh, lost child, and um, my uh, brother told me that when by the time I was in uh, seventh grade I, w- I would be doing drugs and alcohol just like he was. And um, I said, no way, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. And we decided to, you know, uh, take the money from the bet and, you know, get high with it before the bet came in. So it was like in the uh, uh, summer, you know, the summer after sixth grade, I'm, you know, getting high and it was not good. So for me to chase that feeling of being out of my body, and it was like, a, you know, for me, knowing now it was complete dissociation. I did not have to deal with, you know, what I was feeling by, you know, getting high and uh, uh, drinking. So, uh, but it, you know, it did not, uh, did not help. I was doing some other step work and it's like, you know, talking, getting in touch with the inner teenager and my inner teenager never had a chance, you know, because I just, you know, numbed out, numbed out, uh, uh Numbed out, numbed out completely. But I, I could see where, you know, where my, where he's, he's angry. You know, very angry because he never had a voice, never got to do, you know, do fun things, do anything. You know, go to the, 
uh, you know, proms and stuff like that. You know, I was uh, I, I was behind the gym throwing up while everyone was in the, you know, doing their thing. Um, so it was, uh, huh? It was not easy. It was not easy growing up. And the hardest part for me, I think, was not being able to ask for help. You know, there was no no one to talk to. I mean, when that when that dysfunction's in your family and you're getting you know mistreated and and not loved and nurtured by your family, how you how are you going to tell them that you need help? And and uh, so and and you know I, I didn't I didn't get many yeah many you know many connections many external uh, you know places for uh, uh, for help. Um, so I've been living with fear and social anxiety my whole life. This whole thing I'm at it's just it's just so sad. You know, I'd have to practice a phone call. I'm going to call someone and I have to like practice the phone call in my head because I'm so afraid of how I'm going to sound. So, um, and so, yeah, so just to talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, you know, some of the laundry list traits, which, which, you know, which came in. So, of course, uh, uh, authority figures, are, you know, I'm just horrible, absolutely horrible. You know, I cannot be myself. I'm so worried about performing and having to prove I'm okay and say the right thing that I just get paralyzed. I mean, it, it, it affected me so much at, uh, at work. Every time they gave me a promotion, I, I went into a panic. You know, it's like, oh, you have, oh, you get to go to this meeting now. And I'd be like, no, I just start sweating profusely and, you know, yeah, it was just absolutely horrible. Um, and I just wrote down, addicted to excitement. I mean, that thing about the constant upset in my family, that's how I felt alive. So I need, you know, I tend to need that, you know, that level of upsetness and, and, and excitement just to feel normal. And it's, you know, and, and it's horrible. It's horrible. And in you know in program having some serenity it's like oh my god this is this is this, you know this is good this is good i mean just simply you know trying to show up somewhere on time get, get there early uh instead of being in a panic all the time uh it's it's just you know, it's so nice not to be you know chasing excitement anymore and confusing love with pity um I mean, I had no idea what, you know, what love was. So this, this is one of the only one of those traits that I didn't check off right away because I was just terribly confused about, you know, what, what love and, and pity uh, are. So, um, but I, I've, I've come, come to, to, you know, come to learn about that and definitely identify with it. And codependence, Barbara, I, I feel like I don't exist without you. So if I don't have someone to, to work against and, you know, try to, see what you need for me to do, what am I going to do? You know, there's nothing to do for me. And it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, how, how, uh, you know, how scary that I was, you know, uh, that's, that's, how, that's what I needed to do to survive was to be there for, you know, for, uh, for other people. Um, and needless to say, I got into a lot of trouble because I didn't know anything about boundaries. I couldn't protect myself. So I just got, I got in all sorts of trouble again. And uh, since this is being recorded, I don't know about the statute of limitations. I'm not going to say much, <laughs> but uh, it has been a very long, you know, a, a very long time. And, uh, you know, for, for that, I am, I am grateful. I'm grateful, you know, I survived 
my childhood and my teenagerhood. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, just crazy to learn these things, you know, to start learning these things today. And uh, I got sober at 23 years old. And I'm, uh, you know, forever grateful for that. So what happened was my, they, my, they put my sister into rehab. So the, they found out that this disease is uh, progressive in the family. So my brother was a little crazy. I was uh, a little worse. And my sister, you know, had, had no boundaries and, you know, really didn't know how to take care of herself. Um, so from putting my sister into rehab, my mother and I got sober. Not my sister, but my mother and I. And, uh, you know, like I said, for, you know, for, for that, I am, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I am for, for forever grateful. Um, so I had, you know, I had a, you know, a lot of experience in doing the 12 steps and having a spiritual experience, but I find out that, um, it's difficult in other 12 step programs to talk about childhood issues. You know, it's, it's, it's discouraged, uh, outright in many, many times in many places, um, and, you know, the, you know, the thing is, you, you know, you do your fourth step, my fourth step in, in you know, in, uh, the beverage club was, uh, you know, when I started drinking everything I did when I started drinking. So there was no, you know, no, no, no look at, at anything beyond that. And, um, I, you know, struggled, uh, you know, struggled a fair bit. And it was just like that feeling, oh, let me do another fourth step. I, mean, I got to do another fourth step. I got to get, you know, kind of get to the causes and conditions and the root stuff. And um, it, it was difficult, but I got, I, I, I found a therapist who had the tapes, the, the cassette tapes in those days. And um, there was a speaker, Bob E out in Los Angeles. And in the seventies, he spoke about the inner child from the podiums of the beverage club. And um, I listened to his tapes and I, and I laughed. I was like, oh my God, I identified and I laughed. And then a short while after, I was so sad, you know, I just identified with that uh, abandonment, the, the abandonment from his own, you know, from his own family um, was, you know, was crushing to my soul. So even though I, I laughed at some of these stories, it was very, uh, yeah, but uh, very painful. Um, and uh, anyway, so, um, you know, but I, you know, I kind of muddled through, but it's, you know, very, you know, very hard to have, have relationships when you're living in fear and don't have a voice, you know, can't speak up, can't say anything, you know, so, um, I, you know, I, I couldn't get my needs met in a relationship because I couldn't ask for them. Number one, well, I couldn't identify them. I didn't know what I wanted. I couldn't ask for them if I, if I did know, and it was just a recipe for, uh, a recipe for disaster, my, my relationships, um, so, but, uh, you know, for uh, me hitting bottom, I talked about going to this convention, uh, an, a, uh, an a, AA Al-Anon and ACA convention. And when I, and I heard about this and what was happening in my life at the time was I had just quit a job and working ACA, I, it turns out that the new CIO at, uh, at the office was my mother's, you know, fourth, uh, you know, uh, fourth, fourth guy in her life, uh, my fourth, fourth father figure, the kind of guy who would smile at you as he was putting you down and stabbing you in the back and uh, giving you, you know, uh, uh, sarcastic cut downs. And it just tore right through me, tore right through me. I couldn't be there. 
And, you know, but I couldn't say anything. So I just quietly left, quietly quit, got another job. And um, then I found, you know, then I found, uh, found ACA and I was, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I was ecstatic. And would you believe that that first convention, Charles Whitfield was there, you know, the guy who wrote the doctor's opinion. And it just really blew me away that ACA was so small in its infancy. And, uh, you know, just that it was there. And I was, I started driving 30 miles to go to a, a, a meeting in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, the name of the meeting was uh, My Life is Changing. And what, what an amazing gift uh, to come in, you know, to have, you know, have the program available then and, uh, you know, get, uh, yeah, just, just get connected with a bunch of people. And um, I came, you know, uh, come, come to find out my, like my self-worth about how far I'll drive to a meeting, how much money I'll spend on gas for, for a meeting. All these things go, you know, were going through my mind at the time. And I'm like, if it was like five miles more, I may not have gone to the darn meeting, you know? Uh, but luckily I did, it was about an hour's drive. And um, yeah, no, it really, uh, you know, gave, gave me, uh, yeah, gave me, gave me a, a, a chance uh, uh, at a life, but I, I was frozen, you know? I, my feelings were frozen. And they started to thaw out there. I, I got a therapist and there was this workshop and they did this anger workshop. And all these people have these amazing breakthroughs, crying and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there with this baton going, I got nothing. You know, I just, I could not get in touch with, you know, with the feelings because it had to be feelings for, for myself. You know, I couldn't grieve my, my own losses. Um, and, you know, you know, yeah, it's just very, you know, very, uh, yeah, very, uh, very difficult, uh, uh, very difficult. I get to turn the page here. Let's see. Um, so having a lot of uh, time in other programs, I, you know, I kind of was able to hit, hit my feet running somewhat. And I you know, started a meeting in my own town. So I didn't have to drive that 30 miles anymore. But I, I, I kept going to the other meeting. And uh Sponsors were very hard in the program. So I asked someone to be my sponsor and everyone said no. And it was a little dysfunctional, but everyone was like going to the same therapist. And uh, I, I did my steps with the therapist and uh, it, was, it was fine for me. It was, you know, it was what, you know, what was available and uh, what other people were doing. So, so I did it. And um, it was, you know, it, it was, it was fine for me. And I've, I've come to the position with the steps. It doesn't, there's no right way to do the steps as long as you do them, whether you do them in a, you know, in a step study, if you do them, uh, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, it, it doesn't matter as long, uh, as, as long as you do the steps. Um, and that's, uh, you know, th that's what I did, uh, you know, uh, early on. Um, so the, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I slowly, uh, you know, slowly was able to get in touch with my, uh, uh, you know, get in touch with feelings and uh, talk about them and, sh you know, share about them and have a voice. But I could not believe I got in touch with the victim, victimhood and abandonment. If you were to tell me that I was a victim, I would have said, no way. Uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you. And, uh, and I, I, and, and I learned uh, that I do play the victim card a lot. And I'm just so grateful to, to, you know, to be in recovery with other people because, you know, 
I would tell my victim story to people, right? So if I had a problem with you, I couldn't tell you about the problem, but I could tell everyone else about the problem. I could ever tell them about what you did to me. And, you know, oh my God. And I, you know, and so what happened, one of the stories that happened to me was I, I was in a meeting and I asked the chairperson uh, a month before that I wanted to uh, speak at my anniversary, uh, you know, speak at the meeting that was the month of my anniversary. And she said, sure. So a month later, I reminded her and I said, hey, I'm going to be the speaker uh, next week. She says, oh, no, uh, Richie's going to do it. And I just, you know, shrunk down to the little boy. Oh, my God, I can't. I'm not going to get what I want. And I went over and I started complaining to, to other people about it. And luckily, they had recovery. And they said, well, why don't you go talk to them about it? <laughs> why are you talking to me about it? And I was just like, huh, what an idea. You know, and but having some ACA recovery and having some self-esteem and some self-worth, I went over and I said, hey, you know, I'm very hurt. I'm disappointed. And I said, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, you said I could be the, you know, the speaker next month. She says, oh, you want to be the speaker? I thought you said you wanted to be the chairperson. You could be the speaker. No problem. And my jaw just dropped. I was like, oh, my God. I, you know, how many times has a miscommunication happen and the fact that I don't know how to speak up for myself and clear things up and that I'd rather be a victim than, than actually get what I want. How, how long has that been happening in my life? And it was just, wow. It was just one of those wow, wow, wow moments. So um, I try to bring things to the people who I have them with, you know, none of this triangulation and none of this, uh, just, you know, complaining to other people about problems in my life because, you know, I can't really solve them with them. Uh, so that, yeah, that, that has been a revelation. Um, the, the other thing which was, was big is this recreating abandonment. If you, you know, does that make any sense that I recreate abandonment in my life? That is just silly. But guess what? <laughs> I do it a lot. You know, so I, I have this need for acceptance and I have this need for you for you to tell me I'm okay so if you you know so I have these these things where you tell me that you don't like something I take it personal you know and then a week later you and I are having this great conversation and I'm like man we're in sync let me ask him again if he likes that thing and and I'll ask him again and he'll say no I don't like that I told you last week and I get insulted and I get hurt that he's, you know, he's not agreeing with me and not, not liking what I like. And he's just telling me what he told me last week. So, I, you know, so I had this need to, you know, be accepted by other people. And it's just, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, you know, that's why, you know, the solution is to become our own loving parent, not to get, you know, love from everyone else out there. I mean, that's nice. But, you know, I, I need to, uh, you know, show up, you know, sh show up for myself. Um, and what was really, you know, what was kind of cool is that my, the, the therapist that, you know, that we had uh, helped uh, with this, uh, uh, the uh, check-in process. It's actually in the Loving Parent Guidebook, which is coming out, the uh, feelings check-in. And uh, so it was something, you know, that, that we would do, you know, a number of times a day. How do you feel? What, you know, what ego state am I in? 
And then how do I tend to that ego state? You know, so if I find out that I'm, you know, my, my, my little boy is hurt or wounded about something, can I tend, you know, can I be, you know, can I be loving? Can I nurture that? You know, can I, can, can I do that for myself? Um, and then that, that my therapist would always say, okay, but can you take it in? You know, can you really receive that? You know, and that's where, you know, where, you know, where the work, the work continues to, you know, that I have to, be, you know, believe that and be able to take, uh, you know, take that love, uh, you know, that self-love in and, uh, yeah, uh, take it in and, and, uh, uh, and, and accept it. Ah, oh, so early on in my recovery, something that was very difficult was setting boundaries, particularly with my mother. So my mother uh, was close to me, and after uh, she, she she was remarried and had, had a very uh, successful marriage, but when her her husband her her husband passed again, uh, she moved down uh, to Florida to, to to be near me, and uh, my father was in the uh, was in the area also, uh, and so first off, I had to set up, set a boundary with my mother because she was using me to, you know, to talk to and tell me all her problems and, you know, all, all the stuff that was just too, you know, too intimate and too, too detailed. And I couldn't say anything. Uh, but in ACA, I learned to say something. I learned what a boundary was. I learned, I, you know, please don't tell me this. Please don't call me all the time. And it was very hard to do to put a boundary up with my mother, but I, I, I needed to do that. I needed to have some separation and um, uh, it wasn't easy, but I did it. Um, and you know I'm still working on that relationship with my mother. Uh, she she's the uh, she's the Mercury test of how well I'm doing. <laughs> she could test my spiritual condition for sure. Um, but one of the gifts for the program for me was my uh, my father passed a couple of years ago. But while he was still alive, um, I I learned again to have a voice and I learned to ask for stuff. You know I was always lived in such fear that I couldn't ask for anything. So I. Uh, my father liked to go to church, and I and I asked my mother, "Oh, like, can we take my dad with you to church, and we'll go out for brunch afterwards?" So we had this little thing going on. I was just like, you know, forty, you know, forty something years old, and I'm like, I'm going to church with my parents and going out for brunch, and it was just so, you know, to me it was like so so much fun to, to have that connection, something I never had growing up, um, and it, it lasted for a few months before it became, you know, it was uh, it became uncomfortable and it ended. But it was one, you know, one of those, uh, yeah, one of those gifts that, that the program gave me. And similarly, um, I was thinking that, you know, I, I felt sad that I never had, a, you know, we don't do family vacations with my family. My my brother lives in Europe, my sister lives in New York, and I'm I'm in Florida. And I was like very sad we never get together. So this program teaches me to voice voice my feelings and voice my desires. So I said, you know, it would be nice to have a family vacation. Would you believe, you know, a couple of months later, we were having a family vacation, you know, we're, and uh, it, it, it just, it's just mind boggling to come out of isolation and, you know, connect to my own feelings and be able to connect with the, with the world, uh, you know, uh, so much more. And uh, what I wanted to talk about was uh, some of the literature. So I love the red book, uh, and I really love the chapter seven with the steps. So I love telling people it's like a secret. It's a little secret. The chapter seven is most of the yellow book, you know. 
So get the red book and you'll, and you'll get almost bold, you know? So uh, it's you know, one of those cool little secrets I like to have. Uh, but the uh, doing the fourth step in ACA, and it just has such a, a much broader, uh, a broader perspective and, and a broader look. And it was really, really helpful for me. And uh, I can remember doing um, steps eight and nine in ACA and having, having a real sense of compassion for the other people who I had affected particularly and didn't have, you know, I, I just felt so at ease approaching people who I wanted to clear up the past with because I was finally, I think I just, I finally, I was finally connected with feelings and I could finally feel their feelings. I just, it wasn't just fear of what was going to happen. It was looking for a genuine, genuine connection with people and um, yeah, just ha having more, more respect for other people, having more, uh, more, more respect for myself. So I'm really grateful for the ACA steps to, uh, you know, to, to, to give me that and able to clear, clear that stuff up. And I wanted to mention chapter eight and how important that is to become your own loving parent. Um, I just, you know, really love the, you know, the, the, the tools in there. I love the new, uh, the, the new literature, which is coming out and available. And my, uh, uh, affirmations in the back of chapter eight are a, a lifesaver for me. So many nights I would just read those, uh, you know, before going to bed. And the, like I said, my uh, favorite, ex my, my two favorite expressions are, um, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's as simple as that, because I had never heard that. The expressions I, I had growing up from the you know, critical upbringing was, how could you? Why did you? It was always, you know, shaming and blaming. And now I get it's okay. You know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay not to know everything. Um, e even though I've had people say, can you just say you don't know? Because <laughs> I have lots of opinions. You know, I'll, I'll give you my opinion. Even if I'm not guaranteed, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Um, and, uh, and, and that's okay. Um, and my other favorite expression is, is, uh, is yes. It's just amazing to this day how triggering no can be to me. And it's work, I, I work that I need to do. So I, I just feel completely dismissed. I'll be like, oh, let me tell you what I think. And someone goes, no. I'm like, what, what? <laughs> it just sends me through the roof. And, you know, that's, that's the work I still need to do today to not be so dependent upon, you know, other other people's uh, other people's stuff. Um, so uh, my uh, my recovery, you know, of course, continues today. And um, you know, I work with uh, fellow travelers in both uh, recovery and service, and it's very you know very nurturing and uh, re re rewarding for me to have you know regular calls with people uh, one on one. And uh, I love my friend Gary, if he's on there, uh, we, we speak every day. And it's just one of those gifts that you would never, you know, never, never uh, imagine. But I was on a, a, a geographic cure from Florida in 2018. If you guys don't know, Florida is miserably hot in the summer. And uh, if you don't need to be there, you should leave. So that's what I did. I started leaving in 2018. 2018, I went out to California and I connected with, uh, uh, you know, uh, it just, just just to live out there. And of course, I'm in ACA, connected with a great a great group and some great people. 
and um, met, met some great fellow travelers and got involved in, uh, in, in service there. So much to the point that I'm the co-chair of the 2022 ACA World Convention in San Francisco. So we've got volunteer opportunities if uh, you want to be of service, uh, but it's going to be amazing. So we're going to come back and have uh, you know have face-to-face -face meetings soon. I hope you're all you know getting brave enough to try out a hybrid meeting soon, and uh, we're going to have a hybrid convention. So if you can't make it, you could join us you know virtually. But uh, San Francisco is going to be a great uh, a great place for uh, you know for a conference. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited to, uh, excited to be there. And um, the uh, I guess the yeah, last thing I'll uh, I'll mention is uh, in in my cert my yeah I got involved heavily in service. So we did the uh, convention in 2016. So South Florida put on the first ACA World Convention in South Florida in 2016, and I've been able to go to every every one of those since then. And uh, I'm, so I'm excited to be the you know, uh, co-chair co for uh, for uh, um, one of them. And uh, I'm I'm involved in service, and I, I've helped do a lot of work on the websites for uh, for ACA. And that's a humbling experience because you know not everyone's is happy all the time. And uh, you would not believe how many meetings I've gone to or a business meeting to a different area, and I'll, and someone's complaining about the website. <laughs> And I had to be like, oh, really? Uh, you know, and I don't take it personal. And I let them know that, you know, I, I could help them with their problem, you know, and we could resolve it together. And uh, that's what I love about being an ACA. I really do feel it's a, it's a family and uh, we're able to uh, help each other out. And, um, you know, and we, you know, we have... Uh, well, you know, I, I get to watch my codependency and I get to watch my fear and I get to watch these things come up. But um, I am uh, yeah, extreme, ex extremely grateful uh, you know, to be on this emotional uh, sobriety run. And uh, that's my five minute warning. And I'm going to end there anyway. So uh, thanks for thanks for uh, being here and making it a, a safe, safe room for me. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, 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 Jim, for sharing. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. That was good, Jim. <laughs>